We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. You may have noticed there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. So that can you see your coworkers cracking open at your 9 a.m. meeting? It isn't beer. It's liquid death. So why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Drinking water from a freezing cold can is actually way more refreshing than a bottle. Trust me. Plus, it is way better for the environment and the economy. They're still, they're sparkling, mango chainsaw, buried alive, and my personal favorite, severed lime. And they are now armed with three grams of agave nectar for even more brutal flavor. So I'm going to enjoy this can of lime, and you can go get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast, the first ever video edition of the Pack a Day podcast for the Wednesday crew. 
I'm Steve Ferretch, joined as always by the nerdy Dusty Evely with his thumbs up. Uh, no shooters tonight, Dusty. No shooters. Pew, 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 pew. There you go, Steve. That one's for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, how you doing there, bud? I'm doing great, man. Listen, I'm every, I'm living great. I was driving down the road tonight, and like all all of the trees are just brilliant colors, and leaves are falling. It's it's a beautiful time of year. I'm having a blast. Uh, so yeah, I'm doing good, man. How about how are you, Steve? Uh, you know, not too bad. It's a little rough on the uh, living in Wisconsin and the Packers are not good because I don't know if you know about this, but uh, we don't care about anything but the Packers up here. And uh-huh. so when they suck, it's bad. It's real bad. So it's not great up here right now. But uh, Sarah, how's Florida going? Pretty good. Um, I just got back from vacation, which was nice. Definitely, especially with the Packers world and all of the negativity going on there, I felt like I was in a little bubble of positivity and good vibes and I could escape from that for a little bit. Um, but I'm doing good. I'm excited. Um, you know, this we're changing it up a little bit. We have a video episode, never done that before. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yes. Welcome back to the crap show. That is the Packers Twitter, Twitter verse and uh, everything going down there. Um, it's not a fun place, Sarah. It is definitely not a fun place right now. But guys, let's. I don't know. Do we talk about this game? Like, I'm not really sure. I guess we have to and have some reaction to it because uh, just so everybody knows, since this is a video version, it's going to be a shorter one than normal. Normally, we'll go about an hour, but uh, with this, we want to try to keep it since it's a video to about a half hour. So we won't be getting into all of the Twitter questions like normal. So um, just kind of giving you guys that heads up now. But we'll try to answer some of those on Twitter after tonight and tomorrow. But um, I guess let's get into this. Dusty, I know Sarah was on like vacation in Nashville. She was actually at a football game. So let's have you tell us a little bit about what you saw in the Packers-Commanders game. Yeah, so when I watched I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of it live. Um, just because we it, we did not get it here. I can't remember. We had, I don't know. There's a Browns game on or something. And so we got we got a Browns game instead. So I tracked the initial watch essentially through uh, through Red Zone. So you get little clips here and there. Like, oh, this doesn't look pretty. And then I was able to kind of track it down a little afterwards. And I watched some with my son. And he kept asking me questions. And I was like, it's bad. It's all bad. Don't you understand? <laughs> the, 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 sun is, the sun is dying. Like This is all terrible. Um, but yeah, watch it again. Like, I think... I think that I know there's been a lot of talk about Rodgers and and I think he played fairly well. I think he missed a couple throws, um, but for the most part, it's we're seeing the same issues. It's guys running into each other and guys running the wrong routes and the timing wrong and not getting off the line and, and all that stuff. So that sucks. Well, I will say one one of the encouraging things was Quay Walker. I'm um, saying this because Steve, I am I am here with you. It was really interesting, especially the first quarter. Uh, there was a lot of like, there's a lot of motion. They run a motion pre-snap and immediately post-snap. And Quay Walker was getting caught up in that stuff so far this season. You're playing with a young linebacker's eyes and all that, and he doesn't know where to go. It was like they put cement shoes on him. He was just standing in a, in place, and until it was he was sure it, whether it was a run or a pass. I'm sure this was a coaching point. He would just stand there, and then once it was like, okay, this is a run. I'm hitting my hole, and it seemed like it was just. They, they basically told him, you're you a freak. You can catch up. You've got catch-up speed. Don't run yourself out of the play. And so he would just stand there, and then he would get back in position on the pass, and he would do that well, or he would attack the run and do that well. So I don't think he's suddenly like a tremendous player you know, going forward this year. I don't think he's going to be like amazing. But I thought that was a, a cool little bit 
of progression that I saw on the coaching point that it seemed like he took to. And as the game went on and got a little more comfortable, it seemed like he started kind of fading back a little more and, and kind of reading stuff out a little bit better, which was good. I mean, that was, it's, it's encouraging to see, I think it, of all the things I took away from the game and there was, there was quite a few and I won't get into them here, but I think the play of Quay Walker and kind of his recognition and what they did to kind of maybe make it a little simpler on him uh, early on, I thought was really, really cool. So I enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, actually, I believe that I tweeted uh, about after seeing him light up Taylor Heineke on the uh, on rushing the passer, oh, yeah. like coming around. I was like, I need to see some more Quay Walker rushing the passer. Like, and I think I saw a stat saying that he he has like a fifty percent win rate when he rushes the passer. Which yeah, is they're moving him around. They're doing some fun stuff with him. He's doing really good. Yeah, they're lining him up over a gap and stuff too. Like they're kind of moving him around the formation. It's been pretty cool to see. Yeah, and I mean, especially we all know that inside linebacker is one of the most difficult positions that and tight end on the other side of the ball where it's that's the most difficult to learn on the fly in the NFL. It's so much different from college game to the NFL game that, yeah, seeing those, seeing him make those strides, that that's huge. Sarah, what about you? I know you were in, uh, in Nashville. Tell us a little bit about that. And then, uh, you know, what you saw from the game, uh, from what you saw of it. Yeah. So Nashville is super fun. Um, and we did go to the Titans Colts game on Sunday um, and that was cool to just experience a different stadium. The weather was absolutely gorgeous. It was like 68 degrees and sunny. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. So that was just amazing. Um, but their stadium is really cool. I thought the way that it was laid out, they had a ton of different food stands, barbecue. You know, Nashville has some good barbecue fried chicken and all of that. Um, so we tried a few different places. We had you know, we didn't splurge on seats and get anything crazy nice, but we had a decent view of everything. Um, it was a bit of a boring game. There were um, like no off or the Titans didn't score any offensive touchdowns, but they had a pick six, which was fun and everyone went crazy. Um, and oh my God, I know that Derrick Henry is a large person, but seeing him in person is shocking. I mean, we were pretty high up. And when all the players for warm-ups came out of the tunnel, you're just like, oh, yeah, there he is because he's built like a linebacker and he's a running back. <laughs> so it was really cool to see that. And my boyfriend and I were saying, you know, when you, we've gone to Green Bay and we've gone to games there, there's so many different jerseys, right? There's Rogers jerseys, used to be Devontae, Aaron Jones. There's even still Favre jerseys and you see Star. I have never in my life seen so many of the same jersey. It was just everybody had a Derrick Henry jersey on. It was like no one else existed on that team. Um, but it was really a, a unique experience. I'm glad we got to do it. Um, as far as the Packers, you know, we were checking the score when we could. We saw that pretty early into the game that Aaron Jones scored a touchdown. So B Bailey and I were like, great. They're giving the ball to Aaron Jones. They're doing what everyone has asked. We'll put our phones away because it seems like the Packers have finally figured it out. And then we check at halftime and it was a much different story. Um, and by then we were checking on our phones. We were pulling up streams that we could um, and quickly became very disappointed. And like we're walking out of the stadium trying to call an Uber and Bailey's like walking down the street trying to see what the final score is and what's happening. And I'm like, we need to find an Uber. Let's go. And he's like, the Packers suck. I hate this. This is horrible. <laughs> so, yeah, but we had a good time there at least. But it seemed like things just went from bad to worse really quickly in Green Bay or in Washington, but for Green Bay. And I, I did watch some of the highlights today, if you can call them highlights, since I was off. And that was rough. It was it was tough to get through, I will, I will admit. 
Yes, normally we call those low lights uh, yeah. for for everybody when they suck that bad. It was just that was just a bad bad game in general. I mean, you know, there were some some good things like uh, Devondre Campbell's pick six. You know, the defense was playing well. Like um, mm-hmm. they they had some really good plays. But again, it's one thing that I keep going back to is when the offense sucks this bad, you're draining the defense every single time you have a three and out. You're just making it harder and harder and harder for them to perform at that level. So it doesn't shock me that, you know, they're giving up 27, 24, you know, 21 to these teams that they're going up against um, that, that seem lackluster when all they are is like just dominated in the time of possession. It's just, it's not a good recipe for a good team to win games. So I think that was the one thing like I, you see it from the first half all the time from the Packers defense. They're playing well. They're playing great. They're fresh. And all of a sudden those three and out, three and out, three and out, they just keep adding up and adding up. And, and it just turns into just this horrible cocktail of gross football for the Packers. So don't forget about the muff punts, Steve. Muff punts can uh, also help. They can also screw with your defense a little bit. Don't forget. Don't forget. I can't believe they put him back out there. I cannot <laughs> believe they put him back out. Thanks, Dusty. Now I'm mad. Now I'm mad again. I'm reliving it, like watching it. I'm like, okay, good. Well, maybe maybe now they'll get rid of Amari Rodgers. Maybe now that they'll just put somebody else back there. And then in my head, I'm like, well, who else are they going to put back there for punt returns? I don't know. I'm not sure. Anybody else would be better. And then I'll try to number eight for a punt return. And I'm like, so we have no plan. Okay, there's no backup plan whatsoever on the punt return game. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Uh, glad we have the highest paid tight end coach uh, in the league for that to be the backup plan. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I promise. I feel better. We're on video. We got. I got to. I got to be like nice and happy. I always know when you're about okay. to go on a ramp because you lean back and you roll up your sleeves like this, and then you just lean forwards and let it rip. <laughs> like the equivalent's like just cracking your knuckles. All right, all right. He's he's ready. There we go. Crack the neck a little bit. <laughs> yep, let's go. That's wrapping cool. his hands. All right, we got I this. We got this. I was fine until Dusty set me off. I was fine. <laughs> sure, sure, Steve. I gotta You're tell welcome. myself that. I gotta tell myself that. Uh, guys, we've got a new tight end on the practice squad. Josh Babich. Uh, don't know too much about him. Honestly, I don't really care. Like at this point, what, like I'm just telling you guys because they signed him today and it happened. But like. Does, does anybody really have anything to add to this at all? Because this is from North Dakota State. You know, maybe him and Christian Watson are buddies. You know, I'm sure I'm sure Ross Uglum's happy because he's NDSU oh, guy. Cool. Um, so he's gonna get injured right away, is what you're telling us. Oh, come on. Uh... I mean, that's that's also that's not unfair. <laughs> that's not totally unfair. It's <laughs> a valid point. Um but yeah, that's honestly like we kind of looked around. Um, we saw some craziness on Twitter, like Twitter has really gone to a new level uh with the packers losing three games in a row good it's job. just good job everyone uh-huh uh-huh um we're not going to go into it but i brought to the attention of dusty and sarah that people are calling for antonio brown to be signed to the packers that's how bad it's gotten that is how bad packers twitter's gotten there's not a lot there's not a lot of people saying it but it's still insanity it's, it that's seems like a vocal insanity. minority it's a vocal it minority is. but it's still present <laughs> it was there like i it's more than one it's more than one so, um, yeah, let's not even go there. We'll just – we'll move forward. We'll move forward to the next game, guys. Um, huh. Well, might as well talk about it. Packers are going to go travel to Buffalo and play the Bills. In prime time. Know. In prime time. Sunday night football. No escape. Everybody. No surrender. Um, 
we're going to talk like we normally do on the on the podcast. We'll take the Packers' offense versus their opponent's defense, and the one thing that we're watching for this week, I don't even know what the hell to start with. So, Sarah, we're going to go with you first because I'm still I'm still figuring out what I'm looking for this week. Sure. So, you know, this is not news to anyone. Bills have the best defense in the NFL. Uh, Zach Cruz tweeted on Tuesday that the Bills have an average margin of victory at home this season of 34 and a half points. <laughs> so that's a great stat for the Packers. <laughs> and, you know, the last few weeks we've been talking about what we're looking for. And I was on team run the ball, run the ball. Then finally I'm like, we, we can't, you know, the Packers can't run the ball without protection. So the offensive line needs to clean up at this point. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers' advice and just keep things simple. I'm going to simplify. Um, and I don't care if the line isn't where it needs to be, if the Packers aren't running the ball enough. I just – they're expected to get beat up, and I just want to see them fight. I just want to see them at least, even if they lose this game, which I feel like they will, that they show some sort of fight, that they're in it for some of the game, that there is some momentum that's going on their side because – I'm really tired of this theme that has now become reoccurring in the Matt LaFleur era where when adversity hits, it just seems like the Packers crumble. And before it wasn't that big of a deal because it would be, you know, one game here and there, you know, he never lost back to back games. The Packers would always bounce back, look okay the next week. But then we saw at times it would really come to bite them in the butt in the playoffs when, you know, there was a game changing play, they couldn't seem to bounce back. And now I feel like that those were just always skeletons in the closet and they just kept getting pushed away and pushed away. And now they have to confront it. There's no running from it anymore. And here's the time to kill the narrative for good. You know, you have an opportunity to snap a three game losing streak. I'm not feeling confident that it happens, but at least look like you want to, to snap it, that you want to go out there and try Um, because it's, it's tough to watch. I mean, just as a fan of this team and the offense is, you know, a lot of people are pointing fingers at Aaron Rodgers or pointing fingers at the play calling. I think it really just comes down to poor execution. Everything is really sloppy. It just is tough to watch. So I hope that they can at least execute somewhat against a really good team. And I'll just be looking for that. Any, any fight that they can provide on offense and just look like they care a little bit. I'm not sure about you guys, but it still catches me off guard when I walk down the water aisle at the grocery store and see these new tall boys that look like beer chilling out in the middle of the bottled water section. Of course, it's not actually beer. It's Liquid Death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called Liquid Death, you may ask? Well, it's because Liquid Death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum Tallboy cans is also helpful as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about Liquid Death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors, Personally, I love the lime, and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled Liquid Death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com packaday. That's liquiddeath.com packaday. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Dusty, you got something for us? I do. I was going to look at numbers, and I started looking at numbers, and I got sad because all the numbers <laughs> were like, oh, the bills are Don't real good. Don't look at the numbers. The, the bills are real good. It's trying to find something, you know, the, the main coverage stats that I've kind of gone back to in the past. Um I mean, honestly, what I'm looking for this week, I don't know. I don't necessarily want a repeat reform, performance. I'm not necessarily looking for this. But what I would like, I want a cohesive offense. It's asking for a lot these days. I understand that. But just a consistent attack. Like like Sarah said, I mean, the main problem is is um, it's just it's sloppy. It's execution. It's it's guys being in the wrong spot. It's it's uh, there's way too many. I think the average first down this past week, they were it was like first and eleven on average, because they they had so many penalties, um, which is bad. I mean, you're starting behind there. Their average third down, they didn't convert a third. I think they're 0-6 on third down. Their average third down was, was third and 10.8, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I just just want something consistent. The game that I'm going back to, uh, and, and the one that I – it's one of my all-time favorites, and again, I don't necessarily want to repeat this performance, is the 2016, the beginning of the run the table. That's week 12. They roll into Philly. Just They were 4-6. and six. They were looking just absolutely terrible. At the time, Philly was the number one pass defense by football players DVOA. I think, it, I think that was Sunday night or Monday night. That was a primetime game as well. No one gave them a chance going into that game. It was Their offense was going to get shut down. Probably an ugly battle, but Philly's going to win. 
Rodgers put on a clinic. I think it was a 30 for 39. So he's like a 77% completion percentage. His adjusted completion percentage was like 85% because he had a couple drops mixed in there as well. And it was three step, five step, seven step. Everything was bam, was out on time. He's reading that stuff. He's bouncing in the pocket. He's operating on time. Just like a, a lethal version of Rodgers that then end up carrying him into the playoffs that year. And that's, I don't know that we're going to see that level. Um, I, th- I mean, Part of me believes he's still capable of that. I don't know for like stretches of games, but he's capable of that for a game. Uh, he can still move a little bit, even if he's not getting out of the pocket as much as he was. I want to see that kind of offense, that efficient, like even if they don't win, if they go down and they just, all right, we're just, we're getting this out. You know, the running game starts working a little bit, although with the offensive line, who knows if that works, that just the passing game, I want competence. All I want to see is competence. I want to see Rodgers being able to get that ball out quickly and get it out on Because even, you know, there's the, the low throw to Dobbs this past week on fourth down. I think it was fourth down. Uh, that was not a good throw, but that was two guys ran the wrong route on that. So Rodgers top of the drop, and he's looking for a guy who's not where he's supposed to be. Ball gets double clutch. Ball, the rush starts coming in, and then he ends up throwing the ball in the dirt, uh, which, you know, that's a bad throw by Rodgers. But also two guys ran the wrong route there. I just want when he, <laughs> when he gets the top of his drop and he's looking at the concept, I just want guys to be where they are. Like, that's not too much. And if that guy's not open and he bounces to the next one, those guys are also where they are. And if he misses throws, he misses throws. But I just want some kind of competence and coherence from the passing offense. Offense as a whole, but I care about the passing offense um, that we just haven't seen. So that's that's all I want. Come out. And again, that's what I think I was saying before to you guys was I wish this was all in Rodgers. I wish the narrative of Rodgers is bad and Rodgers stinks this year. I wish that was true because that's 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 at least an easier solution or you know what the problem is. The problem is it's 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 the entire offense. I don't say the entire offense because some of the planning is good. Some of the curveballs they're trying to throw um, based on what the defense is playing them, how the defense is playing them. Uh, Ollie Conley had a really great write-up this week about like the struggles these wide zone teams are facing because of the way defenses have adjusted. It's not just the Packers. It's a lot of these teams. Um, I just want to see that attack plan that they're tinkering with that they are doing some cool stuff with it from a coaching perspective. Just put that on the field, man. I just, again, I want competence. I want just some, just get one drive, honest to God, man. One drive of a crisp looking drive in the second half where it's not opening script of just where everything looks like it's functioning correctly, where even if they lose, it's, listen, we've been saying that, I've been saying they're close to clicking. I don't know if I believe it anymore. Give me a reason to believe again that they are close to clicking, that this this is something that they can actually pull off. That's all I'm looking for. Bo's bar is relatively low, but that's kind of what I'm looking for is competence. <laughs> looking for competence on a drive in the second half is where that's I'm a, at, Steve. That's a big that's a big <laughs> ask, bud. That's a really big ask. Know, right listen, now. man, I didn't mean uh, to ask for that much. I really didn't. <laughs> uh I guess the one thing I'm kind of looking for, it's it kind of piggybacks a lot on what Sarah was saying, but I, I go back to there's a movie that I'm sure a lot of people have seen because it's on been on HBO for like years and years and years, but it's the replacements and great, great, great football movie. And it goes back to one of the locker room scenes of a team meeting of the offense. And the, the head coach is asking, what are you afraid of? And Shane Falco, the quarterback goes quicksand. What are you afraid of quicksand? And wide receiver doesn't understand what it is. Explain it to him. He goes, well, he's like, you're playing a game. First thing goes wrong. Then the next thing goes wrong. Then the next thing after that goes wrong. And you're caught in quicksand. And that's what it feels like this Packers team is. Is that this one thing goes wrong and they can't get out of their way. They can't get 
out of the quicksand. And so that's what I'm looking for is a little resilience because we've seen it now time and time again from these Matt LaFleur teams of when, like Sarah said, when they get punched in the mouth, they fold. And that's not really something you would consider a quote unquote Super Bowl contender. Um, so I want to see, I want to see that, Hey, we we've been punched in the mouth multiple times. Now it's time to get up. Now it's time to fight. Like let's actually get together as a team and grow. Like it's okay that they're three and four right now. They're not the Super Bowl contender. We all thought they were potentially going to be. And the offense is worse than we thought it was going to be at this point. That's okay. But if you cannot move forward and grow, then yeah, it's going to be trouble the rest of the year. So what I'm looking for is to, to potentially try to get out of that quicksand for the first time this year and see what this team can actually do. Because like, like we've said, they're going up against Buffalo, probably the top team in the NFL. What are you going to do? Are you going to fold right away if they score a touchdown or you fumble once, or are you going to keep fighting and fighting? So to me, that's the biggest thing that I'm going to be looking for. Guys, it's going to be interesting, but let's do some score predictions. Uh, Sarah, I'll start with you. I'm going to take the Bills, which shouldn't be surprising considering the comments that I made earlier. Um, And I'm going to take the Bills (laughs) 31-21. So I've been going back and forth all day. Like, Do I I take the Packers 27-24, which I feel like they could pull off, or do I go Bills? And listen, man. I this I'm not as pessimistic as this score makes me sound. I promise you, but I can also see things going real bad. Uh, and the Bills rolling, and the Bills are coming off a bye. I'll go Bills. I'm going 55 to 10. Like I, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it could get real ugly. I think it could get I'm real ugly. Really How did you go from being like I think the Packers could win this? No, like, that the Bills I, are going to drop a 50 burger on them. I think if the Packers come out in their first two drives and like okay, the Packers have a shot at this. I think the Bills coming off a bye are are likely going to well again, this is not just on one thing. If it's one thing it's fixable. I don't think the issues that we saw this past week which seem worse than any other game we've seen so far this year that they're going to fix themselves in a week against the best team in the league coming off a bye. I'm excited to see what Quay Walker does against Josh Allen. If they use him as a spy, if they sit him in some of that role, I'm excited to see kind of what they do to try to contain him. I think there's going to be some fun things. I think the defense is going to be a little feisty early. I just don't see how the offense fixes all their issues. And this seems like a game where like it's 28-10 at the half. And you're like, the Packers are within punching chance. And then the second half all goes poorly. So yeah, 55-10. I don't know. I'm trying to light a fire under the team. You know, just this, just prove me wrong, totally, guys. This prove is me wrong. totally going to be the first time ever that somebody correctly predicts the score. <laughs> I know <laughs> that's that's <laughs> totally going to be the case. I hope I'm wrong. Never, never happened in the entire time we've done this podcast, but this will be the one. Well, this is really funny because I totally thought I was going to be the one that like had the most obscene score because I I have Buffalo thirty-seven, Green Bay thirteen. And, I, and then Dusty just blows us out of the water. So, <laughs> and to recap, right now our score count remains at Dusty and me at three, and Steve at two, and that's yeah. all we have because we've predicted the Packers would win the last three games, and they have not. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 So um, we might get an easy point this week. 
that that's a positive for us. <laughs> yeah, I hope you next know. week it's it's still three to two. I hope this time next week we're still sitting three to two. That would be lovely. <laughs> all right, guys, we do have time for uh, one quick question, and we kind of scroll through all of them. We got a lot of good ones this week, but with the video, we have to be a lot quicker. Obviously, like I said. So kind of the overwhelming theme, we kind of took Matt Pickett's question, which we felt grabbed a bunch of them, but he said, is it fixable? I mean, realistically, and if they clean up mental errors, so many mental errors, can we return to the glory that we have known for decades? Sarah, we'll start with you. So this was a good question. Like you said, it kind of recapped everything. Um, Do I think it's fixable to the point where the Packers become contenders again? No, but I think it's fixable where they can at least turn things around and still have a decent season that hopefully leads into a stronger season next year. Um, there were a lot of high expectations coming in. Like, yes, they're one of the Super Bowl contenders. I don't really feel strongly about that anymore after what I've seen the past few yeah. weeks because I don't. I just don't feel like some of the issues that they're having on offense are things that are going to change in a couple of weeks. I mean, it's, it's really messy, and unless there are a few people that just have – an epiphany about route running and different things and some of the schemes that they're running, it's not going to change in a blink of an eye. But, you know, we didn't have a ton of time this week, like Steve mentioned, um, to talk about Pat McAfee's show and Rogers on there. I, one of the things that I did agree with him with that was just about execution and that they just have to continue to find ways on and off the field, whether it's preparing during the week and making sure that their routines and their habits are in order. And then whatever their routine is on game day is consistent and that it's working for them. Because if clearly for a lot of pe- people on the Packers, it isn't. So if the Packers are able to do that, I think they can clean up some of the mental mistakes that Rogers was talking about that we've all seen um, and have a better season. I think they come out with a winning record and at the end of this, we say, you know, that that stretch really sucked. It did a lot of damage, but the Packers still had a good season. Might squeak in the playoff spot with a wild card. You know, there's still a lot of football left to play. But I don't see us returning to the glory days, as as Matt said. But I think they could still have a decent season. Yeah, it feels like, I mean, this and the Rogers stuff has always been, you know, kind of this year to year. Who knows how it's going to play out? We're kind of capped out as long as he's kind of around these past three games to me have felt like the end of an era of sorts. Like not again, sir, not to say like they can't turn this around, but it feels like it's okay. This is, this might be what we have to look forward to. And again, I'm not as pessimistic as I sound. So when he asked the question of, can they turn this around? Absolutely. They can turn around. I mean, like I said, I think the coaching staff is doing a good job from schematic perspective. I struggle with, um, with the execution stuff, with how much of that is on the coaches versus how much of it is the players, because I mean, so much of the coaching is, communicating to your guys and i will say from the defensive side that some of those busts that we were seeing early with barry they're they're communicating and they're passing off really well that devonder campbell pick six perfect example of those guys kind of passing off that coverage a guy takes a vertical stem uh campbell carries him up then as soon as the guy hits the out campbell breaks on that safety comes down picks up the vertical like just this this pass off and no breaks that we saw last year that were that we saw this past games so that stuff's getting better I don't know how much to put that on the coaches from schematic, trying to fix the problems, trying to take different approaches to attack defenses. All that stuff looks good. It's just down to execution. And like, again, that feels so close to clicking because if those guys are on the same page, it's absolutely fixable. Rogers is playing well enough to win. Again, I don't think he's playing. He's not playing up to his normal standards. Even for him, I think the thumb certainly factors into at least some of that, uh, but he's playing well enough to win. 
there's just so many errors. So if they do clean those up, yes, yes, they can be better. The problem is we're through week seven. And again, I think they just turned in their worst game this past week in terms of some of the execution stuff. So like, I, I don't have a ton of faith that they're going to turn this around the next couple of weeks. And even though the rest of the NFC is bad, they're going to have to do something the next couple of weeks and win a game, win a game the next couple of weeks against a slate that's not looking very favorable towards them in order to kind of get back in that picture. So is it fixable? Absolutely. Do I count on them fixing it the next couple of weeks based on what we've seen? No, but also like, I don't know. I still like watching the Packers. Like I still enjoy digging into the game. I still enjoy watching the game and talking to people about football. Like, it's not going to like it's not going to kill my entire vibe if the Packers are suddenly bad this season. Um, I hope they turn around. They have the tools to do it. I just it's really hard for me to see them doing it uh, in in a in a basically in a timeline that that gets them into the playoffs. Well, Dusty being Dusty kind of took up all the time for my answer being there. So uh, I'm just gonna say no. It's not fixable. It is not fixable. So. <laughs> Um, guys, we really appreciate you listening as always. We will try to answer some of those Twitter questions. Make sure you guys are following us at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher, for at Steve Perhatch, at Packaday Podcast. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Hopefully, we'll talk to you next week after I can't even say it after her win. Eh, okay, uh, well, we'll talk to you next week for sure. We'll definitely talk to you next week. So, thank you guys for listening. Uh, and as always, go pack, go.